works and done stuff. Used to be mine. That huge session. You know, so since we're talking about greatness, let's talk about Jeremy Payton. How you yeah. doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Good, man. <laughs> Sounds like you've been rocking and rolling, doing your thing. Been out, uh, been out on the road this, this run four days. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is the first time in my life I've ever been called lovely. <laughs> well, <laughs> well there's, there's an old song by Little Texas called There's a First Time for Everything. That's right. <laughs> we just did it. I'm dating myself tonight, ain't I? Uh, <laughs> no, you're the one that wrong. started it with the real Wonder, Winter Wonderland, yeah. so I'm not yeah. going to want to go there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what's, so you've been touring doing that stuff? Like what song you got up your sleeve? You know the rules. We talk about it. We play one, and then we get into the whole deal. Um, I know this, that Texas Select Beverage is glad for you to be here. The Lake is glad for you to be here, as well as smithmusic.com. <laughs> They're glad for you to be here, too. <laughs> so what you got? Let's uh, do the first one. Let's see here. We go back. Let's go back to uh, 2014. Uh, we had a radio single out on, uh, on country radio called uh, Friends with Benefits. Uh-oh. Exactly what it's about. Exactly what it's about. And it's the, probably the first time that, um, I wouldn't say the first time a country artist ever did it, but it, I would say that uh, it's the first time um, we had, you know, 70, 80-year-old women singing the, a song that they really didn't know what it meant. But <laughs> you show, they show up to the shows, and uh, back then we used to do the uh, Uncle Lucius family reunion. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, I played the first one. Uh, and so uh, when I did that, after I played that song, Kevin said, hey, did you see all those old women singing that song? And I said, no, I didn't. I wasn't paying any attention. He said, man, he said, there's there's people, there's kids, everybody's singing this song. He said, they obviously don't know what it's about. <laughs> and so it's all about a play with words. Well, you know, at the end of the day, music music can be fun and it can be about what you think it's about. You Jingle My Bells is about exactly right. what you're thinking about. But it's fun. It is. There's nothing wrong with fun. No, I, I, no wrist slitter bridge jumper here, right? That's right. what this is a fun song. Right. So, you know, um, I was the only one that did a song called Friends with Benefits. But, um, you know, my version actually made it to radio and it was actually played on radio. And I don't think a lot of people knew what it was about. <laughs> so, uh, play anyway, it for us. Play here for we us. go. Yes, somebody told me that you were lonely Just trying to find someone getting him off your mind But you've been looking in all the wrong places But you can't find him in that bottle of wine so come over here, darling, and lay all your worries on me. Even if it's just for the night, I could be good company. And don't worry about your friends, cause you don't have to tell them where you've been. 
Yes, I can be a benefit Or I can be a friend Guess you really done you wrong You're wiping tears on every cheating song Traded the wine for something strong And the love in your eyes is gone You're staring at your empty glass And that last cigarette, it's burning fast Clock on the wall as the minutes pass You don't want to go home alone so come over here, dog, and lay all your worries on me. Even if it's just for the night, I could be good company. And don't worry about your friends, cause you don't have to tell them where you've been. Cause I can be your benefit, I could be your friend. So come over here, darling, and lay all your worries on me. Even if it's just for the night, I could be good company. And don't worry about your friends, cause you don't have to tell them where you've been. Yes, I can be a benefit, or I could be a friend. I can be a benefit Or I could be a friend Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jeremy Payton. So, man, we were talking along with Milo about kind of Writing songs from experience. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I, you just so, had to go there, didn't well, you? Well, dude, it is what it is, right? Let's just call it like we see it. Um, is that from a real experience, or did you make it up? Well, uh, <laughs> I, most. Of, well, I will say this: ninety-five percent of my songs are all real experience, whether <laughs> I lived it or my buddy lived it or something. I got gotcha. you, but most of it's me. Um, that one there, no comment. <laughs> but you know what I find, you know, another thing I find myself doing too, and I, and I think the cool part about our little panel that we got here, you got music business professional and you got, I guess, kind of a real world kind of artist guy that does the music business real on the side, right? Whatever guy. that looks like. I love it. You know, for me, I catch myself writing material that, man, I'm totally writing about something or somebody else. And then I realize after playing it 10 or 15 times and it hits me and it continued to hit me the same way, it was really me uh -oh. that I was writing about. It, it was something that I was going through too. Man, Jeremy, do you feel like that's kind of the situation? You might have uh, 
try to block that out in your mind and then you realize that it's you? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that happens a lot. You know, um, I'll, start, I'll start writing a song about a story that, you know, one of my close friends have told me, you know, and uh, I'll start writing on the subject and then as I go through the song, I'm like, damn. I'm, uh, it hits close I'm, to home, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I start writing about actually something that I was personally going through at a certain time that starts to come back to my, Bro, my memory. Bro, I've got one that, man, that we're, we're working on neg- like in January that is the same way and it's kind of funny, you know, it, it's so relatable to other people, but what I found is, man, after writing it and I play it, like I almost cry when I play Uh-oh. it because it's it's so real, mm. you know what I mean? So I get it. It's crazy. And hey, it's not a rich litter bridge jumper. It's kind of an angry, frustrated, you know, Milo was talking about angry songs. It's an angry frustration type deal that it relays this emotion that, that you know, that something is over and you just know it's over and you're done and you hate it. But, you know, it's kind of like that right there. If I was to write a song like that, I know what I'd be thinking about. Mm, What would you be thinking about? Jingling some bells. That's well, you know, and that that song, that song is uh, that's not really a sad song. That's from experience, right? That's a that's one of those songs that was somebody else's sad story. I was just the pickup guy. You know, I got 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 I was the one with the open ear and the open shoulder. You know, sometimes the secondhand love, right? uh, Well, secondhand love. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, I was just I was the friend. I was being the friend. Did you write that I by did. yourself? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. It's a good Excellent. song. Yeah. It's a good song. So, man, you had your, your late, the single that's been out latest was This One's Gonna Hurt, right? Yes. Man, so tell us a little bit about that song. And, man, normally we save that kind of stuff for last, but <laughs> I, for whatever reason, I'm going to kind of go backwards on this. This is great. We just, that. there's no rules, right? Yeah, there's no rules. So, this is the lake house. Tell me the story about This One's Gonna Hurt. So uh, this was a song that was written by, it, it was actually started, the song was started by my really close friend, Mr. Matt Mason, uh, out of Nashville, um, and the reason I'm with Smith Music. <laughs> Got to drop those names. Um, and then Gil- Dot com! Dot com. Um, so, uh, and a, a, a baseball player named Trey Matthews, who turned into a songwriter, and uh, Mr. Gil Grand out of Nashville. Um, he's a Gil's done a lot of work in Nashville. He's a really great songwriter. Um, and so I found the song um, on accident. It's a great story. And so I called Matt up, and I'm like, hey, man, um, do you remember this song called This One's Gonna Hurt? And he said, vaguely. And I said, well, it's on YouTube, and there's some guy who's covering it in Nashville on a stage. And it seems like when you were over at my house last time, we were talking about something, and um, I was talking to Leon, his old bass player, and that video, I showed it to Leon on on YouTube, and he goes, man, I think Matt wrote that song. And... um, I forgot to say something to Matt about it at that time because um, Matt used we used to get up early and drink coffee and Matt likes used to sleep in some days but most of the time Matt is like up the crack dome <laughs> that day he slept in I don't know what happened but anyway um, so I forgot to ask him about it. so weeks go by and I asked him about the song and he said uh, he said man yeah he said I, I wrote that with a couple guys I don't remember who it was though and I don't remember when I wrote it and so um, I said well I'm going to start covering it. Is that cool? And he's like, yeah, it's cool. So I went ahead and did an arrangement for the song, kind of just went back and revamped everything. Um, 
and uh, sent it to Matt, and he he said, uh, "Yeah, that sounds nothing like the song we wrote, but that sounds great." So <laughs> that's how we ended up with it um, from Matt. Um, Matt writes a lot of songs that he does remember writing. Isn't that wonderful? It's just, just it's a great thing for well, me. Well, what's so crazy is there's. <laughs> It's hard to believe guys like Matt, there are a bunch of those guys. It's amazing. And it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's, we talked about that. Remember we were talking about Joey Green and Bart Crow? Yep. They don't even remember co-writing some of this crap. They, and then, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. And there's Love a lot. It. Like That's why I was telling Mila, there's hidden gems. <laughs> and you don't even realize it could be just an arrangement away from being a killer song. So... Let's go ahead. Let's let me hear that. This one's gonna hurt. That I'm kind of in hankering for that. Yeah, I just love that. That's just a nugget that was sitting uh, out there. Let's see on if we can get this uh, Get this that's that's that, well, that's, up here. That, you know, those are the stories that you and I love, right? I know, yeah. Just kind of randomly, kind of like the as much as I say the jingle my bell story is going to be something I will tell forever about how we started writing the song. Now the winter wonderland, yeah. <laughs> but the, you know, there's there's stories to these songs that are really kind of funny how they pop up. That's but right. But this one's a good one too. Yeah, this is a. So, like I said, vocally, I, I just kind of made, I kind of did my own thing with this song, and we went into the studio, uh, Steel Records, with uh, with my buddies Kyle and Leaf. And me and Kyle actually started this song a in a bedroom studio at his house. We did all the pre-pro. Me and Kyle and my drummer um, did ninety-five percent of this song by ourselves. Uh, actually, me and Kyle probably did. 80% of it sitting in the bedroom at the studio at his house by ourselves and then we took it to the studio uh, but anyway turned out great um, it's been done pretty good for us we just cut a music video for it that'll be out uh, in about two weeks so uh, video looks pretty good I think we'll see how it goes anyway so do you want to hear it oh yeah you sure yeah don't don't I, I think we're gonna play it last let's play that one last ah, no, I'm just kidding yeah. let's do it we're going to save the first song you ever wrote for last. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, I don't mean to like kill your mojo, but some of my favorite songs that we've done on this show have been the ones, the first ones I ever wrote. Who was it? Was it Race Ricketts that came out with that first song uh, that I just went, geez, yeah. Louise. First song you ever wrote? Yeah. It's like, dude, it's like a Jealousy. baseball right between the eyes. You're like, <laughs> son of a You know? Anyway, go ahead, Jeremy. others 
All I've got, I love her. Man, if fish don't work, this one's gonna hurt. I've never been down this road we're traveling. Never thought twice what might happen if we went and fell in love. Man, if I miss these two This one's gonna hurt Never see it coming She ever walked away I swear that I'd start running You're running back to her She ain't like the others But all I've got, I love her Man, if fish don't work, this one's gonna hurt. Yeah, this one's gonna hurt. I never see her come. She ever walked away. I swear that I'd start running, running, running back to her. She ain't like the others. With all I've got, I love her. Man, if fish don't work, yeah, this one's gonna This one's gonna hurt on. Yeah, love that song. Thank you very much. Oh, you got to thank Matt for forgetting songs. Cause yeah, I love it when people forget stuff. <laughs> Especially when they're valuable. Like, man, I've had somebody like leave a Under Armour sweatshirt that's only been worn once. That's Ooh. like real value. That song's about <laughs> as good. I'm telling you. And if anybody knew what that meant to me, that's about the equivalent of that song. Yeah. I mean, I still wear that damn sweatshirt right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty heavy song. I mean, it really is. It is, um, and uh, you know, I think uh, I think it's something that all of us have probably been in that same position. You know what I mean? Um, it's uh, it's real life. It's in your face, and that's what I love about it. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, you know. So you were talking about that's a painful song, right? So we were talking about finding that middle of the road feel good tune. And, man, normally I get a chance to do a little bit of homework, and it has just been the day from Hades for me. Yeah. So I didn't get to do a whole lot. But, man, is every song you, you – I know you were kind of making fun of yourself, but you were talking a little bit about how the wrist litters and bridge jumpers, right? Right. And I, and I use that affectionately because, man, I tease Cleet all the time. I'm like, dude, every song doesn't have to be about just slicing your wrist <laughs> and laying down in the bathtub. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Um, do you have anything that are just fun and playful and man um, that you've written? Maybe you have or haven't released. You yeah, know, I mean, I've got uh, somewhere between drunk and home, and that was uh, that was a song that I wrote about my love drummer. that my drummer. We were sitting on my front porch one night, and we were talking about shows and about some stuff that was going on. He stopped by the house, and um, he's not really a drinker, and um, I can relate I, uh, to that. It's when you reach for I think a I was drinking cold Texas Select beverage. Yeah, I mean, well, you I, do realize, that, man, if you drink Texas Select non-alcoholic beer, you don't have to worry about that. Well. <laughs> I uh, one of our sponsors. I by guess the way. I'm one of those I, that you, if you're gonna do it, just do it. You know, but I I'm, I've never been a half-asser at anything, yeah, including I mean, drinking. That's the reason why I'm 17 months in. Yeah, right? and congratulations, by the way. I heard about that, man. Uh, thank you. That's all. Awesome. Well, and man, with a sponsor like Texas Select Beverage, and the beer tastes so good, it's so easy. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we're sitting there on my it. front I love porch. It. I drink the tea. Uh, me personally. Sorry, man. Sorry. Well, sometimes we got to get the plugs in. You know, they take <laughs> such good care of us. Right. So yeah. uh, I'm sitting there. Uh, we're sitting on the front porch. We're talking. And um, I had a beer and I said, hey, man, you want one? So he's like, yeah, I'll have one. Um, I think he'd probably been at my house probably about three, four hours. Um, and he was a little tipsy. His phone was blowing up and eventually he put it on silent. And I was like, oh, that's bad. Oh, you get in trouble by the wife. Yeah, so he had the wife calling, and uh, anyway, it was not a good situation. And I said, uh, I said, man, I said, you're going to be in a bind because right now you're sitting somewhere between drunk and home. And then he's like, dude, that's a good name for a song. And I was like, <laughs> it really is. So, I mean, I literally wrote this song in like three minutes sitting right there on the porch with him. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm writing that song right now. And uh, anyway, so this is a song called Drunk and Home. It's, a, it's one of the local favorites from where I'm from. Uh, we actually have other bands covering it now, so it's it's been a Hell good song yeah. for us. So here we go. Note to self, we tune because we care. Well, that gives us a talk about our other sponsor, SmithMusic.com. So what, what's Smith Music been doing? Uh, distributing Jeremy Payton's new music. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Uh, and we, we might be ready. We now. might. We might be distributing <laughs> Myla Ray's new music. Uh -oh. We're going to we'll have see. to connect. We'll see. She's got. It, she's got that under the cover tune that she wouldn't share with us. I'm a little. I'm a little um, um, butthurt that we couldn't hear that tonight. Yeah. Let's we'll try it one more time. Here we go. Y'all ready for this? Yes, sir. Okay. Gonna stay Have another beer or call it a day I check my phone Have another round I light one up And I burn it down Familiar song on the radio He's pulling me in But I gotta go well, I feel lost, but hell, I don't know I keep finding myself between drunk and home But I'll drive all night trying to figure it out Down every back road in this one-horse town 
You'll be out there looking for me I'll be all alone Somewhere between drunk and home I ordered up that last call beer You ain't gotta go but you can't stay here Gotta pay the price if you're gonna play I never knew goodbye was gonna hit me this way yep. Took a little walk just to find my feet I bet a hundred times I passed by your street I want to hear your voice but I lost my phone Yeah, probably somewhere between drunk and home But I'll drive all night trying to figure it out Down every back road in this one horse town You'll be out there looking for me I'll be all alone Somewhere between drunk and home Gotta pay the price if you're gonna play I never knew goodbye was gonna hit me this way Well, I feel lost, but hell, I don't know I keep finding myself between drunk and home Yeah. yeah, somewhere between drunk and home. I've been there before. Did he? Did he have to sleep it off at your house? Um, actually, no. His wife came and picked him up. Uh oh, <laughs> that's even worse. How'd that work out? <laughs> Not real good. I went inside when she pulled in. <laughs> I said, "You're on your own, bro." <laughs> you left her out there hanging. My gosh, I thought you never left a man down. Yeah. Hey, Amen. Well, when it comes to the the wife. Yeah. You know, and I'm all well, out. well, if you're somebody like Mila, she writes a song about it. I would have rather dealt with the cops than right? his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, hey, there's no, hey, oh, let me oh, tell you oh. something. The venom wearing denim, right? There, you can't get around <laughs> from that. You know, and how did Junior Brown wrote it? She's just venom wearing denim. Is that, is that really? Yeah, that is Junior Brown. I think that's actually a song. I don't even know where that came from. But yeah, that's, 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 you know, those are what songs are about. And see, like for her, if that was to happen to her, she'd write a song about kicking his ass when he got home. That's right. I like that. I do too. I'm, I'm telling you, the angry female song. You know, it's I threw genre. my car into the side of that front wheel, four wheel drive. <laughs> car my name into that leather seat. I'm like, dude, all about that. You know how many times I've thought about doing something crazy like that? But women get away with it. Do they? Hell yeah, they do. She did. I don't know. Every they, time they still he go cheats, to jail just like just like the man. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you get this. You don't want to be branded crazy, dude. Man, all of us are crazy. Yeah, that is true. You know, and, yeah. and this transition actually works really well while Jeremy's tuning. Yeah, I'm like, I'm excited. So, man, at the end of the day, Jeremy, you've been doing this for how long? Tell us about the length, oh, Lord. and duration of your career so far. So, uh, on stage, and it was really comical when I first started doing this. So, um, I started down in Nacogdoches, Texas, uh, when I was supposed to be going to school. Um, I was actually, but I had a go job. lumberjacks. I had a job, you know what I mean. So I was working. Uh, I was I was paying the bar tabs for all my buddies. Um, but uh, Corey Morrill came into town, and um, they uh, they asked me. They said, "Hey, uh, you know, we've seen you playing at the fraternity parties and all that stuff. Hey, you want to come up here and open up for Corey Morrill?" And uh, so. I was like, this is going to be really weird because all I know is Pat Green and Corey Morrow songs, <laughs> right? And so uh, that's what was popular back then. That was like, we're you have to learn something else to do that Yeah, show. well, I mean, I knew some other songs, but uh, that was like back in 1998. Ah. And um, the uh, name of the club back then was called The Annex. Mm. And it was the popular hangout, you know, and of course, College Kid, um, all my buddies were there. We all had the VIP stuff, you know, and uh, we might have got a little hammered before I had to go up there and play <laughs> because I was a little nervous. And uh, I think I, I got up there Shots. and I did like four Corey Morrow songs at a Corey Morrow show. And then Corey's standing on the side of the stage and he's laughing his ass off, right? <laughs> and he's loving it. And I, and I didn't even think about it. And the crowd's like, they're going nuts because I think it's hilarious too, right? So... Um, it was a really bad experience, I thought, afterwards, like the next day. But everybody was like, no, nah, man, that was great. Even Corey was like, man, I can't believe you went out there and did that. He was like, that was awesome. <laughs> Nobody's ever covered my songs at my show. And did he have to play them again, or did he take them off no, the set No, he played them again. At a boy. Every time he'd play one of the songs, he'd look at me and smile, and he'd point up there. We were sitting up on the top, and, you know, and he'd point at me. And, <laughs> and then he asked me, he said, hey, man, do you want to come sing this one? <laughs> you know, I was like, no, man, I'm good. Yeah, talk but, about uh, a smart ass. Yeah, that's what I need. Yeah, that was back in 1998. Uh, Pat and Corey were doing a lot back then. They were uh, they were touring the uh, college scene, and uh, yeah, they weren't as big as they are now. Nah, and yeah. uh, you know, it's it's probably their fault that I do what I do. Um, <laughs> it's their fault. Yeah, it's their fault. So, Blame them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, yeah, go, going back to 1998, I mean, that's that's where it all began, you know. And, um, that's when I started playing on stage. Before that, you know, I played the fraternity parties, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, he's a little bit behind me. A he's little a, bit. Yeah, just a little, a little bit. ahead of me. Yeah, he's ahead of you. A little oh, come bit. on, Santa just Claus. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, well, so I, in, in that time frame, this is one of my favorite questions. What is your worst experience you've ever had playing live? And then tell us a little bit about your best experience. I like that because everybody's always a little different. Definitely. Man, my worst experience... Um, Hopefully it's not like Mylon was happened last week. I didn't have I didn't have these nice guitars like I have now, <laughs> and uh, you know back then being young too, I was young and unprepared. Should I say, I had new strings on the guitar, man, right? So I'm playing. I break a string second song in, right? I got I got to play for two hours. Uh oh. I break a string. I got no strings. I played a show, no G string. So I had no G string and I played the two hours with five strings <laughs> just because they said, well, what do you want us to do about it? Like, 
we don't have strings here. So I had to keep going or they weren't going to pay me either way. So I was like, you know, back then, 150 bucks, you know, I was thinking <laughs> that, that buys a lot of beer, right? So I'm like, I'm just going to do this thing. Finish out that three-hour set, right? Right. <laughs> right. So, so the real question is, did anybody notice? Oh, well, man, I'm sure they all noticed. It's kind of hard to tune a five-string guitar. You know, make sound. Yes, right? it is. Especially without a G string. If I lost my E string, I would have been fine. I just play with the, with the rest of my five and been fine, but no, when you lose a G string, you're kind of out of out of business. But <laughs> well, some people time. that use a G string, they're really in business. But yeah, when right? it's a musician, yeah, but they weren't <laughs> popping dollars online. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> well, damn it. Well, the funny. So that's the worst experience. What's the best experience you've ever um, had? One of the best experiences. Uh, Jeremy Lim Woodall um, played lead guitar for Billy Joe Shaver for 17 years. Um, he called me up this year. We did a, um, and Billy Joe Shaver was kind of one of my mentors, um, and he called me up and he said, um, hey, we're doing a tribute concert in Waco for Billy. He said, you want to come? I said, sure, I'll be there. He's like, okay. He said, uh, what I mean is, do you want to like come and sing? And I was like, seriously? He's like, yeah. He said, he said what do you want to sing? I said, you know what I want to sing. I said, because I used to ask Billy all the time, hey, man, let me sing this song with you, right? It's live forever. And so I always ask Billy, I, I said, man, hey, can I come out there and sing that with you? Please, please, please. And Billy just look at you like, and he'd just laugh and just walk off. You know what I mean? He never said yes, no, nothing. And um, I know that song's really special to Billy. It always was. And it's uh, usually what he would close his show with besides Star in My Heart, which uh, was all about Eddie. Eddie and Billy uh, wrote, you know, Live Forever Together. And um, anyway, so... They asked me to come and do that song that night. And so that was probably one of the highlights of, of my career. Being able to stand where Billy stood and letting Jeremy play that. And what's funny is I played my guitar that whole night. My guitar quit working right then when we did that song. And Billy never played his guitar in that song. No, he didn't. Eddie played lead on it, or Jeremy played lead, and they played it. My guitar quit working, and it's kind of weird. And I looked up, and I was like, you SOB. And Jeremy said the same thing. He said, Billy just got you. Yeah, he did. Bamboozled. Well, you know, that that was such a great song. It was covered by multiple artists. It was. Um, Patty Loveless's version is actually probably my absolute favorite besides Billy Joe Shavers. And and I think a lot of it has to do with that bluegrass delivery that she always had. Like, you know, you don't even know who I am. Killer, killer tune, but. Man, so what is it about that song that's the most special to you? I know I've heard from, you know, interviews from Patty about how that went and Billy Joe, and I know for you, it seems like it touched something. Just you talking about it, I can kind of feel the vibe. Well, you know, every night when Billy did that, did that song, I mean, uh, when he stopped, he always hit his knees, and he took his hat off, and he did that for Eddie. I mean, he did that for Eddie, and, um, you know, he had such a deep love for Eddie. Eddie was probably one of the greatest guitar players out there. I mean, he, he, he was a lead guitar player for White Yoko when he started. It's killer, yeah. And, um, you know, it was just the, the delivery that Billy gave of that song. I mean, it, and if you didn't feel that when he sang that song, man, you have no heart. And, um, I mean, the way Billy delivered that song was just, man, it hits you like a ton of bricks. Pick something. Pick something else that you got in your mind. This is our music spot. Well, we'll uh, so let's move on to this one. This is a song that uh, that I wrote. Um, actually, 
I've got a, I've got a co-write with a good buddy of mine, Mr. Kyle Wilson out of Alabama. Uh, Wayne Mills, late great Wayne Mills. Uh, this song was started with him. Uh, you know, Wayne was killed back in 2013 in Nashville. Um, and a re- staff writer from Sony named uh, Leith Lofton. Um, I got the song uh, back in 2014, year after Wayne had died. Uh, ran into Kyle and... Uh, Kyle's such a great writer. Um, and uh, this song is called One More Song. And it was started, but it was never finished. And so uh, Kyle threw me the, the song and he said, Hey, man, see what you can do with it. You know, uh, we never did finish it. So um, I played with it and played with it and played with it. And then we finally got it right where it was supposed to be. So the first time that I actually did this song live, Kyle was on stage with me. We were doing a four man song swap. Uh, I say man because Sarah Hobbs was on stage with us too so it was a three three men and a, and a woman um, and uh, he's he's uh, over there playing lead guitar and I hear him singing harmonies and then I don't hear him singing harmonies anymore he's over there bawling like a baby and um, that's when I knew I got it right so uh, anyway it's called One More Song um, and we've got this one uh, coming out actually me and Kyle Wilson are doing this one together over at Steel um, Kyle Wilson not Kyle Root um, so we uh, we started the uh, we've, we've got production rolling on this one right now, um, and I'm sorry my guitar keeps changing. It's cold in this room. Um, Might have something to do with all that rain outside. Yeah, humidity, man. This Humid. thing is uh, this old Gibson's been seasoned, but she uh, she does like to sing her own tune sometimes. But anyway, here uh, here it is. One more song. There's a light on in the living room I'm guessing she's still up I spent the whole night on a bar stool Drank a little too much I don't want to go inside and see the smile She's gonna paint on I'd sit here in the driveway Hear one more song So baby, one about cheating Have a man is always wrong Losing everything Being all alone Play me one certain Something chiseled in stone Can you help me feel the pain? No, I'm the one to blame Play me one more song oh, Heaven knows she's gotta be strong 
she puts up all my ways. And Lord knows that I've done her wrong. I don't know why she stays. I don't want to go inside and fix my like I ain't done a damn thing wrong So I just sit here in the driveway Hear one more song So play me one about cheating Have a man's always wrong Losing everything Being all alone So play me one that's hurting Nobody sings them like George Jones Can you help me feel the pain? You know I'm the one to blame Play me one more song Play me one about cheating And how a man is always wrong Losing everything And being all alone Play me one certain Nobody sings like Doug Stone Can you help me feel the pain? You know I'm the one to blame Play me one more song Can you help me feel the pain? You know I'm the one to blame Play me one more song. One more Thank you. Man, I dig that line where it says uh, nobody sounds like George Jones, right? Uh, and all I could think of is, uh, do you know Jason James? 
No, he's an artist that we distribute, and he sounds like George Jones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Matt introduced me to him. Oh, really? Yeah. Matt. Uh, oh, Microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're, my we're, bad. Yeah, we're on the no, radio. Uh, no, Matt Mason uh, introduced me to uh, him. Oh, excellent. And, um, he does a lot of shows around Nashville, Broadway, and all that stuff. And oh, okay. Yeah, he sounds just like yeah. George Jones. Yeah, it's just uh, eerie. I mean, he doesn't look like him, but he he sounds just like him. <laughs> yeah. The cool part about songs like that is that trans that transcends. And that song right there, talking about George Jones, it kind of has an old feel, but also kind of is something that's new. And so a lot of people are bitching about country music not having the influences that it used to has, have. That one right there is a perfect example of something that is now and is fresh and that, <clears throat> in my mind... It's today's music with some of those influences of the past. Yep. You know, and I recognize that when we talk about production and the things that happen with songs today, they lose that in that that piece sometimes they say. But man, when you write a song like that, it doesn't really ever lose it, no matter how you do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, they're timeless. Absolutely timeless. And when you all of Jeremy's songs are timeless, but uh, come on, I'm I'm not just talking about that song or Jeremy's tunes. I'm just talking about in general. I'm I'm sure as a distributor, you probably see that all the time, where people touch a a, and I I don't I don't know if touch a nerve is is the right way to say it, but they find that they have a feel that man. You can definitely hear it, and it and it transcends. It has some of that flash of the past, but it is today's music. With, and you can hear the ghosts of, of what was there before. I like that. And that's, man, I hate to say that. I can hear ghosts of pop music in Florida Georgia Line or Morgan Wallen. And, man, I think it's great how some of that merges together. Mm-hmm. You know, even Cody Johnson's new stuff's like that. So, bit. you know, I, Jeremy, to, be, to find that feel. And, and, you know, a lot of people just talk about country music. They get really bent out of shape. And a lot of it's here um, um, just in Texas. But... Music in general transcends. I don't think there's really anything original anymore. No, there's only new connections. Yeah, yeah. yeah you just, you just. Well, that's like we always talk about. You know, the the guitar riffs and you know the chords that we used to play the songs. Like, oh yeah, Texas country. You're just one four five, and we're. And I'm like, <laughs> how many other ways can we play it? It's, well, it's already something that's so, been done before. So I don't know. And we've talked about this every podcast, and we've seen it. Nate Burnham has it figured out. Because Texas country nowadays, what you call Texas country, really isn't Texas country. It's Nashville country because most half of it's written by most of it's written by Nashville artists, you know. And and so at the end of the day, he was talking about he was kind of funny. He even did like like wardrobe changes and shit for yeah. that video. You know, he's talking about had the Texas country guy. What do you mean Texas country? Well, you know, it's kind of Texas, but it's written by a bunch of guys in Nashville and produced in Nashville. <laughs> but we're calling it Texas. And then they had Appalachian country. And he looked like Tyler. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then he, he said, and then he had red dirt, had the red dirt hat that was sitting about eighteen foot up off the top of his head like this. <laughs> Don't associate me with Texas country. Oh, we're red dirt, yeah. <laughs> you know. And you're like Jesus, man. You know. And at the end of the day, none of it's original. I can I can listen to every artist, all of us, me too, and hear ghosts of music past. You know, we say that because it's getting close to Christmas. Or Halloween, whatever you say. But, yeah. you know, all of the artists that you and I talk about all the time, there's all these cool influences. The stuff that's coming out of Steel Records, the way that it's produced and the production and the riffs. And, hell, the song I just did with them, The Jingle My Bells, there's 
there's stuff in there that I love that it is a feel, mm-hmm. right? And but it's all influence of of who the and then you hear the it's all know, those guitars that Leaf and Kyle buy. Well, bro, every let me tell you every week. He's I mean, got we think up all kinds of different <laughs> sounds to put into these songs. There's stuff that we put in That's some of my stuff that you wouldn't imagine. Yeah. Somebody would do like a glockenspiel. Yeah. Most people don't know what the hell that is. Well, but the it's funny not part, a xylophone. Well, and then like his version of uh, Won't Back Down that's coming out. Did you listen yep. to that? Yeah. Yep. Dude, it's like a, a bastardized like cross pollination of Nickelback and Creed, and it's good. It's <laughs> yeah. really good. And I was like, dude, but that's but but that's the that you know, we were talking about this earlier. The reason why, you know, I have a thing that I like with Rosewood and I have a thing with with, with Steel. What I like about that is, is man, they accomplish different things. Totally. But it's yeah. because of the influences, right? And so it doesn't get lost. They do transcend, and, and all of that sticks, you know? Um, I just think, I was, we were talking about, Milo, you had influences. You can hear it, I just haven't been able to pinpoint it. After you talk about it, you can kind of hear even more. Right. Like she started talking about Morgan Wade and all that stuff, and she's been out for a little bit, but, but you know, you can hear the stuff that you like. You know, I'm just I'm just amazed at how musicians are like sponges, and they take in everything that they hear. I'm guilty of that, you know. Yep. And, and you never really know. Just ring them out. Right? Yeah. Well, and what's <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny. It's and 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 that's kind of like I was telling. Uh, I think it was my I was telling a minute ago. You know, there's all this experience around us, and we think we know what we sound like. And I think sometimes trusting the people that are around you to really bring out what you really truly need to be focusing on is huge you know i i don't want to bring up anybody in particular but i've always thought man this shirt looks great man and everybody else will go why the hell did you wear that shirt it's a little too you tight, know it's right? music music can be the same way sure well, something that we feel like man this is really the way to do it and then you got like six other guys with 300 years of music experience total going what the hell are you talking about but we choose not to listen to them why you know like right. you talk, I think you were talking about James Cook, Pistola. Oh. Dude, what a killer record, bro. Oh, that is. And you can hear the influences. It's From still John James Tyler, Cook. It's yeah. still James Cook. Yeah. But you can still hear that producer's influence. It's totally. Freaking badass. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, not not going to just one place your whole career because you get, you, it gets up stale because everything sounds the same. And all the, all the studios, they all have the same equipment and they all record music on the same stuff but it is it's the it's the people the people yeah well like yeah, you, i think that's what sets us apart over at steel um just the free thinking we're outside the box I, I, well and, and they but, do it at rosewood too on, but um, everybody everybody kind of does their thing like it, sure. if i was looking for something specific i know exactly what i want to get from steel i know what i can get from rosewood and candidly bart rose is the same way yes we get to know those tendencies and the cool part about that that allows us as artists to almost not necessarily be a chameleon as an artist, but but really with the vibe that we're trying to convey with a song, we could go with somebody that specializes in that type of music, and they throw out this deal that's really kick ass and it fits. Yeah, you know, um, the, the I always bring this up because it's a you know we always talk about recent experiences, not for promotion, but like that pr- experience with Leaf, you know. When we wrote that song, we literally were th- jingle my bells. We were thinking about eighties, like metal, hair metal. He's always thinking about. No, well, uh, well, hey, bub, let me tell you something. Don't think, don't think for a minute that line is "Come on, baby, take my hand." That is straight out of like the winger and the. Yeah. It's straight out of that eighties metal playbook, right? And so, 
and they accomplished it, and that's what we were looking for, right? In 1982, Phil, Phil Collins recorded a song, okay? It was a very famous song, okay? Against All Odds. So I'm on my way to the studio on the back roads, Louisiana, lose signal on my phone so I can't listen to what I want to listen to, so I turn on the radio. That song was on, and I was like, Man, the lyrics of this song pop song, classic amazing. pop song. Yep. But and then you think about it and I was like, man, he did that song no justice. Back then, yes. So I walk in the I walk in the studio, I tell Kyle, I said, check this out. And so I, I pulled my guitar out and I was sitting there for a second, I figured out the chords and I sang it. And so we have a we have our version of that song. And we did it, we did a full amped up, full production. I mean, guitars blaring. I mean, it's it's way different now. And it's uh, they would not have approved in 1982. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> well, but see, but that's also you know we talk about this all the time too. I think the, I think the signature of a well-written song is that can be done in a variety of niches or a variety of styles, and it's still a great song. Uh, and you know we were talking about Taylor Swift on the front end of this conversation, and I bring her up all the time because she is the cla- even though she's young. She is a classic pop songwriter where, you know, we talked about the, 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 the uh, 1989 album. We, you and I have talked about this a couple times. On the where, podcast. Where Ryan Adams just totally just kills it. And yeah. it is so that eerie, you know, Wildest Dreams is probably my favorite version of his, that he does of that. But he does a kick-ass version of Shake It Off. And, and nice to meet you. How you been? I can show you incredible things. I don't remember what that is. <laughs> so he's saying that it's over. He does this really cool version of it. But I think that's the, like, against all odds. The fact that you could come in and do a song and it doesn't lose the greatness of the lyrics against right. all odds is one of those, you know. Well, you know, and you can uh, tell how excited I get when we start talking about stuff like this. Yeah, and I mean, you know, um, uh, oh gosh, just lost that thought. Um, uh, Dirty Diana that uh, Sean McConnell did, cool version, amazing. Sean McConnell's amazing anyway, but when he does Dirty Diana. Like I would put that up against Michael almost any day, but of course, I, no, I struggle you know, with that. I struggle with that comment. I mean, the king of pop, but dude, I'm talking about from where I come from. Dude, I'm a parachute pants guy. You. Don't start that. <laughs> Bandanas up my leg in the glove. Right, I love it, dude. I love it. I'm I mean, kidding, but but uh, no, Sean McConnell's amazing doing it acoustic, and I mean, he just kills it. Yeah, if we're going to go down this path, we're going to have to talk about the gourds. Dude, the gourds are killer too. <laughs> gin, and gin and juice, juice bro. I mean, yeah. That's, Right up the top. Day. <laughs> oh, Kevin Russell. I might have listened to that a time oh, or two. <laughs> I mean, we might do some NWA at one of my mind, shows. Got my money, got my money, on my mind. <laughs> yeah, we do, uh, we do um, front porch song and we throw some NWA in there and some vanilla That's ice awesome. and all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? In the middle of it. So, but anyway, gotta make it a little country. Well, now that we've gone into the rabbit hole, let's play another song. All uh, right, this one, uh, this will probably be uh, one of the next singles that's going to be coming out uh, pretty quick. It's called "Hungover in Houston." Oh, um, it's another one of those songs I wrote in a few minutes. Uh, I dig this because you've been you've been teasing me. I've been told uh, we're in the studio, we're recording it, and I'm like, yeah, I haven't got to hear the lyrics yet. And yeah, I'm so, so intrigued. Uh, "Hungover in Houston" is a true story. Um, 
I may or may not have had a little too much to drink one night in Houston, and the next day missed out on all the festivities that were supposed to be going on. And that was at the same time when the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo was canceled because of COVID. Oh, man. So basically, you know, make a trip for no reason. Why not drink beer? <laughs> so driving back to Longview, Texas from Houston, I don't know how many times we pulled over on the side of the road so that I could dry heave. <laughs> Um, and I drank all the Gatorades that Gatorade makes and um, even stopped and got some uh, uh, Pedialyte. Couldn't hold any of that down. Oh. So uh, anyway, this song is called Hungover in Houston, and uh, I was in big trouble. Um, and uh, I pulled my phone out just during little phases of taking naps here and there, and I wrote the song in a few minutes, and <laughs> I got back to the house and grabbed a guitar and turned it into a little honky-tonk tune. I'm hung over in Houston Barely getting by Cheap whiskey of a heartache It's like I'm gonna die Cause you live here and I'm all alone Head and nowhere to go Hung over to Houston Trying to find my way home Got some friends in a bottle Jose, Jack, and Jim And I find myself wondering Is this a game I could win? I got a call Said you were gone Didn't say shit I just hung up the phone He's what I'm not I got what I want He's where I belong I'm hung over in Houston Just barely getting by Cheap whiskey or heartache It's like I'm gonna die you left here now all along Pound and head and nowhere to go Hung over to Houston Trying to find my way home I woke up in a motel Made a bed with the devil Got my head stuck in a bottle Like I was in hell I grabbed my boots and walked out the door I felt pain like never before She stole my truck Guess that's my luck, I'll never make it too far I'm hungover in Houston Just barely getting by Cheap whiskey or a heartache like I'm gonna die you left here and I'm all alone Pound and head and nowhere to go Long over to Houston Trying to find my way home I miss the short going Houston Still trying to find my way Oh.
Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Who hasn't been hungover in Houston? I have been. <laughs> and San Antonio. And Lubbock. And El Paso. And Midland. And Dang. Amarillo. And Fort Worth. And Dallas. And, and the Lake House. The Lake House. Yeah. <laughs> that's a... That's a that was a world tour of Texas. That's a world tour of Texas and world tour of hangovers right there. <laughs> That's what we're going to call that a hangover tour, 2004. Ooh. I don't know. 2004? That's how long ago it was. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Man, that was great, Jeremy. So that's about getting drunk in Houston. Mm. Let's not say getting drunk. Let's, we overindulged in Houston. How about that? <laughs> I kind of like that too. Overindulgence isn't always a bad thing. We never have asked anything, including a good drunk. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's almost a song. We don't half ass anything, including. Well, you know, a good it's drunk okay thing. if you're just drinking beer, but you know, when there's beer and then somebody else brings out the bottle of whiskey and then oh, there's yeah. a bottle of vodka and then there's a bottle of something else and it's all getting passed around, it's the mixture. I think that actually does it. Well, and I also believe that it's the lack of sleep that happens because most of the time when that shit happens, <laughs> that stuff starts really getting combined about 2.30 a.m. Yeah. And so by the time you go to sleep at 6, and then you got to, even if you get up at noon, it's just not good six hours. Yeah, we call that one of those where we go kick the rooster in the butt kind of mornings. <laughs> you know, we're, at, we're up way before the rooster, and uh, we're the one actually crowing when the sun comes up, so... Waking the rooster to get going. That's it. <laughs> you know, uh, I've got a, I got a buddy who, no matter what, he can't sleep in. So no matter how drunk he gets, he still is up at that's 8 o'clock. You know, yeah. That's a horrible thing to happen. So, well, you know. It's light outside. I got to be up. Yeah, dude, I, I, I struggle now that I'm actually sober. I don't generally sleep in very much. <laughs> you know, so I, I think it's the latest I get is about 930. <laughs> Seriously. And that's actually pretty good for me now. But I used to be able to sleep all day. You know those kind of question your life existence <laughs> hangovers? Why? Yeah, why? Why? And every decision you've ever had, man, why did I eat that honey bun? <laughs> <laughs> and you swear you're never going to do it again. <laughs> totally. You shouldn't be eating I'm honey buns I'm not drinking ever drunk. again. So tell us a little bit about what you got coming up show-wise and then and play another song. Man, where, uh, where you at? Just like uh, just like Miley's answer, um, I usually get the phone calls from uh, booking agents. She's like, "Now don't forget, you gotta be," and I'm like, "Oh, no, I remember. I'm, I'm, I'll be there." I had no idea I was supposed to be there. Um, so uh, honestly, uh, we've got we've got some dates uh, in November. I know we're gonna be down um, in College Station uh, around November. We'll be. Uh, Avenger, Texas in November. Um, I believe we'll be back up here in Fort Worth. Um, December, same thing. Uh, we'll be, actually December's gonna be a fun one. Um, we'll be, uh, we'll be in College Station again in, at a different place uh, called the Stampede, which used to be Southerns. We'll be playing full band over there um, on December the 10th. Uh, we'll also be here in the stockyards at Filthy McNasty's. That's uh, what I call my home here in Fort Worth, um, and that's uh, that's that's the JP birthday party. Uh oh. 
Every, uh, I play there every uh, December. Beginning of December, Don puts me in there. That's my birthday party that we do at Filthy. So Then you'll be hungover in Fort Worth. That's hungover yeah. in Fort Worth. We'll hung write that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we played the NFR after party at, at Filthy's. Yeah. And that was a... Oh, that was a that was a good night. That was a bad morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole two weeks. Yeah, we had to, we had to find cars. We had to find all kinds of stuff after that one. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, but we'll be uh, we're pretty much going to be uh, in the Metroplex. We'll be down south uh, some, and um, we'll be not too far from my hometown around Abitur though, uh, a little bit. And the other shows, I'm not really sure yet. I'm sure she'll let me know. Well, you know, it's kind of hard this time of year. You know, like for me, I'm, I, I don't know how you think. I, I'm killing dates six, seven days a week, and then you get to this last quarter stretch. And we, we were so busy that we didn't really book. And I don't know if that's kind of where, you, where you're at, but I've actually kind of been excited because I can kind of pick and choose. I had somebody reach out and go, hey, man, you want to play Friday? Nope. I'm off. <laughs> but I'm playing a deal Saturday. And, yeah, and, some, and some of them, you know, you're able to pick and choose. I'm doing some – we're doing that cancer benefit this Saturday. Yes, Ironically, that's my birthday. But I, somebody asked me, I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. We're not doing anything. But, <laughs> but um, so you get to do some of the, the philanthropy – Yep. Type right. things that we that we we kind of do as artists, but give it back. Yeah, yeah, you get to give back, and so, I, man, there's nothing wrong with having a, a schedule that you don't really know what's going on. I love. I'm actually like thinking, well, dude, I could do this year round. <laughs> DJ DJ knows my booking agent. I promise you, she <laughs> will let you know. And is it you, Kelly? Yeah, <laughs> Kelly too. <laughs> yeah, we're we're naming names now. She's, she's awesome, dude. Yeah, she's probably if she's listening right now, she's probably. Uh, well, she's one of my. The, she is the most direct human being that I probably know. Yes, and I actually Very. kind of appreciate that. I do too, because I'm a I'm kind of a no BS person too, and, and you know Kelly, uh, Kelly turned me down. She said, uh, and I asked her like a year later. I said, Kelly, I said, why weren't you booking for me before? She said, because you've already got it figured out, man. I was like, I don't have anything figured out. <laughs> I said, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> and I said, I need somebody like you in my life. Perception. And she said. Perception right there. How bad? I said, bad. She said, I'll call you back in five minutes. She calls him back with all these shows. And she said, I figured you'd be calling at some point. <laughs> well, she's kind of one. She's like, uh, watch me pull a rabbit out of this hat. That's it. She's one of those kind. Yeah. yeah. I love her. Yeah. Um, she's kind of a... a foundation for a lot of guys at, at your level and our level right that kind of mid what do i call them the regional country yep. artist that's kind of my yep. term and she's been she's been the foundation for a lot of guys i know cleat uses her i know a lot of guys and man that kid she's booking zach webb phenomenal so there's some great opportunities with that well cool man what other song you got up your sleeve man we just uh we just released this one um I don't know, three months ago, maybe. It's uh, On Again Tonight. Trent Wilman did it in 2006. Um, it was written by a few, uh, few writers. Actually, I think they were out of New York. Um, and um, Trent covered it in 2006, kind of put him on the map. You know, uh, Trent was already a great songwriter, but he decided to do this one. And um, I started doing this song my way. Um, gosh, we've been doing this song... 15 years maybe I guess um, 
Well, I say, yeah, probably right after Trent came out with it. I mean, I started playing it at acoustic shows, and it just kind of grew, and we started doing it our way. And me and my fiddle player always go into an acoustic set, about four songs at our, at our regular shows. And this has always been one of them. And uh, we went into the studio, and we cut it, and uh, Lucas Jagno came in. I needed a fiddle player. My fiddle player was busy, gone. And I was like, seriously, we're recording today. He was like, today? You meant, like... When you told me last week, I thought you meant like next Saturday. It's like no. So Luke was coming in to uh, to do some uh, uh, some vocal work over at the, at the studio at Steel, which he actually cut that EP at Rosewood. But he came and do some vocal work because it's close to home, and uh, we worked with those guys over there at uh, Rosewood. So uh, he, I said, "Man, hey, think you can bring your fiddle?" He goes. I guess so. I'm a little rusty, so don't judge me. And I said, no, we're recording. He was like, all right, I'll bring it. I mean, it's not like I had to pull his leg or anything. So he brings it, and um, he played fiddle for us on that track. And we did it all acoustic, and we did a full fill-in thing. But we did it all acoustic instruments, so it was pretty cool. Anyway, on again tonight. Bottle of wine. 
just one more time You can mess up my head Mess up my bed Leave before the morning light Cause I need your own again Oh, again, oh, again tonight No, I don't care I could come over there I could drink your best bottle of Cause I need your on again, off again, off again. You're on again, off again, off again. You're on again, off again, off again tonight. Again tonight. Thank you. Good over Jeremy Payton. Well, cool, man. Tell us where you can find us on social media. Um, everywhere. I mean, I, <laughs> uh, because of DJ Dugan, um, I'm on social media everywhere. I like that he said it was because of me. It is because you. Well, it is actually I, it, because I just did like Facebook and Instagram. And then he's like, nah, that's not going to work. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, my, we got to do brand recognition. <laughs> Brand awareness. Brand awareness. <laughs> oh, my God. So He's talking shit about you. I, I feel like it a little I bit. I think I heard brand awareness like 15 times today sitting in his office. So, <laughs> um, but like, so I just now got on the brand awareness train because, like, I mean, even though I've been with him for a while, uh, I started understanding what he was talking about. <laughs> Dude, it makes total sense, doesn't it? It does. In the whole TikTok world, like, you know, that I was like, TikTok? Nah, I'm never. I'm not doing TikTok. That's stupid. I'm not. I'm not getting on TikTok train and go look at my TikTok now. I mean, it's probably he's uh, on the train. Well, the world is about content. Period. I don't care what anybody says. It's about content. Pictures, media, sound, uh, clips, drips, tips, whatever the heck you want to call it. There's so many different things. I like it. Uh, Somebody reached out to me recently, and uh, they were like. It was you, right? You were saying, I just found your TikTok. I yeah. didn't know you had one. Yeah. And I was like, well, the you know. The real DJ dude. There was a fake one out at yeah, one point. That's one what time. I was saying. I was like, you're that famous? Like, uh, uh, well, you, you know, you got to have at least your a moniker, a, 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 a presence or somebody else is going to grab it. Yeah, so like mine is Jeremy Payton Music Official. Official. It's officially me. I, I think it. mine's just Dusty Moats music. Well, <laughs> that's nothing wrong with that. I, I put the Mine real DJ yours. doing. Mine's Myler Ray music. Yeah, yours is just simple to the point, right? See, Myler Ray music. 
I'm the real DJ Dugan because it's the real me. It's I existential. Got you, I got you. He has like <laughs> He's a total of what, two TikToks? Or how many do you I have, have like three or four, three yeah. Or four. I See, I think, you know, DJ and I talk about this about a lot of things, Brand about awareness. streaming, yeah. what about Brandon? But I also think that, man, if we're really looking to make a difference, we need to make like a social media for dummies book that has to do with all kinds of stuff, right? Like literally, <laughs> also streaming for dummies. Streaming, now that's something that's in the works oh, for yeah. you and I. Yeah. We're talking about ways to help artists utilize their Pandora or utilize Pandora, Deezer, Amazon, um, Amazon, the, all those different things, Apple Music, and and you know, this guy he goes and talks to all these people. Next thing you know, I got to record a song 19 years in advance to be able to distribute it to Apple. <laughs> hey man, you'll be 79 when that son of a bitch comes out. But at least you know we we, we got it on the playlist. Well, I'm on the uh, I'm on the Smith Music hooked on phonics program, see, cuz I call DJ like every other day like how do you do this? And he's like I told you last week. And I was like, yeah, I remember part of it and I'm in there, but where do I go now? He's well, like, you know, then you technically can't he's call like, you're it in the wrong place. Well, you know the hook is hooked on phonics worked for me. So if it didn't work for you, you got to do it over <laughs> oh, and over. No. So he's not really hooked on phonics. No, I then. said I was on the program. Okay. I didn't say I learned yet. I'm still he hasn't in the got program. A certificate yet. That's I'm funny. Still there. Well, and it, you know, content is a. You know, we were talking about this the other day, and then we got to shut her down. But content is interesting. There were some some really large um, commercial artists that are really bitching about the way things are with content, mm-hmm. and that man, we're artists. We create. We create. I don't want to have to think about content. Well, content is creation. I'm sorry to tell you. It is. It's just a different kind of creation. And at the end of the day, that's the mediums and the hands that we're dealt. And if we're going to succeed in this business, at least in today's world, it's not. I, I love I love hearing them do say stuff. I'm, I was going to say the B word, but they're Bitch, they're yeah. yeah they're I'll say it for they're you. complaining. And and guys like Willie Nelson back in the '60s, they were cutting songs over and over again, and and. You go look through. You just keep scrolling through his Spotify. You just never but stop. See, I still come from the days when we used to print out posters <laughs> to take them out and tape them everywhere. Hey, bro, you, you know, know what? I mean? And there's so here's what's funny. There's actually AOL. A, a, a well, dude. There's a the, the poster thing. That's that that's now retro, and now retro's cool, and it's working again. It's still it's still a viable option. <laughs> Thank you, man. Bubba. It, it's still it's still working, and so at the end of the day, I think. There is, it is overwhelming some for an independent artist with some of the stuff that you have to do. Relevant. I was telling him the other day, we need to pick out five things, five things that we tell the independent artist to focus on that we figured out what the weight of that each five thing is. Now, those are just something that's mandatory 100% of the time. And then you have you got to have the list of everything else, but trying to figure out those five things, and we've talked about it, and you can't right now, which is really a challenge so you got to try to do a little bit of everything but you know we we've t- I've, we're watching artists like yourself and other people that are finding niches in specific areas that is so unexpected totally right and so you never so know where there's really not a rule be. book yeah. the thing is, is man and it's not spaghetti logic because you're not just throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks a lot of that content crosses over to each thing you can do the same content on every on every entity and it will have a different effect Correct. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm a picture guy because it's easy. Yeah. Don't get me start trying to shoot and produce no damn videos like <laughs> Nate Burham's a king, dude. I'm telling you, he won me with that shit. Yeah, he won he does. me. And he, I'm glad he's got that kind of time. 
<laughs> you know? I, I like that. Is that a slight dig? No, he's, he's literally the king at it, dude. Like, <laughs> I, like don't how does he get all this time to do this well, No, do you know what? He's, a, he's got it figured out. He does. He's, he he, does. I'm telling you, and I, I'm appreciative of guys like that. I don't think you were here. He and Billy Joe were here one night. I know. That and they was, were talking about, my, uh, he literally was talking my. about the shit that he does in the middle of the night. And it's not, it's productive. He's like going live and then he makes time to create those videos. But he's also a businessman. Yeah. You know, he was a businessman before he started doing music and he was found some success in that. And so he's able to really translate. He just basically started another business. Mm-hmm. And so he's able to do that. Sometimes, yeah. you know, and some people don't, 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 they don't think in that it. capacity, think, right? I think this is a business. I hear what you're going. We're, guys, this is the last song for a call night. Guys, thank you to Jeremy Payton coming out. Thank you for coming to the Lake House. Normally we have a theme song to go out, but I think he's found his mojo. That's right. And so, man, thank you to smithmusic.com for sponsoring this thing. God, my voice And, of course, the Lake House and Texas Lake Beverage and Dana Barrel, the king and champion. We're going to go out with Jeremy Payton singing Live Forever. Y'all have a great week, guys. Love you a long time. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to cross that river. I'm gonna catch tomorrow now You're gonna wanna hold me Just like I always told you You're gonna miss when I'm gone Nobody here will ever find me I'll always be around just like the songs I leave behind me I'm gonna live forever now I'm gonna live forever I'm gonna cross that river I'm gonna catch tomorrow now You fathers and you mothers, be good to one another. Please try to raise children right. Don't let the darkness take them. Don't make them feel forsaken. Just lead them safely to the light. When this old world has pulled us under, and all the stars fall from the sky. Remember someone really loves you You live forever, you and I I'm gonna live forever I'm gonna cross that river I'm gonna catch tomorrow now I'm gonna live forever I'm gonna cross that river I'm gonna catch tomorrow now. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Payton, thank you guys you for coming out to the Lake House tonight.